my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Candice is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it at expressvpn.com slash Candice. Hello and welcome. What do you know about Lyndon Baines Johnson? Obviously, he was the 36th president of the United States, but I, I was fascinated by him, particularly because of an address that he gave, a commencement address at Howard University. He gave the address on June 4th, 1965. There was an auditorium filled with black students who were all looking up at him very hopefully because he was their dear liberator. Of course, he had just the year prior inked the Civil Rights Act, which freed black people in this country. Black people were free. So he speaks to this room full of students and he talks to them about freedom. He said, freedom is the right to share, share fully and equally in American society, to vote, to hold a job, to enter a public place, to go to school. It is the right to be treated in every part of our national life as a person equal in dignity and promise to all others, end quote. And that is great, that is accurate. The issue though is that he continued his speech. He continued by saying, quote, freedom is not enough. You do not wipe away scars of centuries by saying, now you are free to go where you want and do as you desire and choose the leaders you please. You do not take a person who for years has been hobbled by change and liberate him. It is not enough just to open the gates of opportunity. What? What does that part mean? What does it mean to say to somebody that freedom is not enough? What does it mean to say it's not enough just to be liberated? Of course, then he starts talking to these students about the breakdown of the black family. He says to them that, that white America has to accept responsibility for it because it flowed from centuries of oppression and the persecution of a Negro man and from long years of discrimination. He also talks to them about what, we refer, what he refers to as special nature of Negro poverty, something for which he also believes that white people are accountable and that they should feel guilty about. And that part is what fascinates me about this particular speech. Because it was the day that white people were told that they were now responsible for black people, but also it signifies the day that black people were told that we're not responsible for ourselves. It represents to me the words that will live on in infamy, black Americans both free and enslaved in one speech. The result, of course, was the Great Society Act, which you should really just know as the welfare rising of black America. The government actually sent representatives door to door during this time, knocking on doors of black people, offering to help. You need more government handouts. Let us help you. Is that the father of your children living in the home? No, we'll give you more money. More money if the father of your children is not at home. Let the government help you. It's our responsibility. It's the white man's responsibility. We have to fix it. I honestly wish that I was alive then. I wish that I was alive to slam the door in their face. By the way, we should 
stop and check in on all of those government promises, you know, the promise to deal with the black family breakdown and black poverty. Let's see, in 1965, 24% of black infants were born to single mothers. Today, 72% of black infants are born to single mothers. The single motherhood rate today is now 72%. Also, since 1965, $22 trillion have been spent on the war on poverty. And black people, believe it or not, are poorer today than we were when it began. Huge success for an avowed racist, which, by the way, LBJ was. He was in Congress for 24 years and voted against virtually every single civil rights effort. But credit where credit is due because the Great Society Act was a huge success for government for the government which wanted to grow itself and needed a nation filled with, with dependence to do it. Now, I wasn't alive then, but I am alive now. And I am alive witnessing the theater of this pandemic. And all of it just, it feels so familiar somehow. Once again, the government creating a problem. Make no mistake, COVID-19 did not shut down businesses, the government did. It wasn't a virus that impoverished people. It was politicians. It was the CDC. Kind of like it wasn't white people that were keeping black people out of businesses during Jim Crow, and it isn't the vaccinated people that are keeping unvaccinated people out of businesses today. It's simply the law of the land today, like it was then. The law of the land created by corrupt government officials and politicians. And today, by the way, it's not Johnson, it's Biden. And it isn't the great society, it's Build back better. Build back better. Build back better. You keep hearing it, right? Build back better. 3.5 trillion bucks of building back better. Because being allowed to open your business wouldn't be enough. Freedom wouldn't be enough. Hold on. I think I've got it. <clears throat> you do not wipe away the scars of COVID by saying, now you're free to go where you want and do as you desire. You do not take a person who has been locked down at home for months and just liberate them. It is not enough to just open the gates of opportunity. Yeah, we got to pay people to stay home. Free universal pre-K, government subsidized child and elder care, two years of free college and more spending on food stamps. What could possibly go wrong? Better question, what could possibly go right? My question to you is what could possibly go right with an intention to welfareize all of America? Welcome to Candace. I want to talk to you about internet security. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that, private. So what's changed? The internet. Everything you've browsed, watched, or tweeted can be sorted through, collected, and aggregated by third parties. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. There are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data. The worst part is that they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location, but with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. The best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop, or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. 
So if you believe, like I do, that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash Candice and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Candice. Go to expressvpn.com slash Candice to learn more. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Candice. If you liked listening to this segment of the show, be sure to subscribe and leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 